What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Perfectly Blended Podcast. On today's episode, we are doing a four-part series. Today, we're going to do the first part of this four-part series, and the overarching topic that we're going to be talking about for the next four weeks is 12 Steps to a Better Marriage, and when is that coming up, Mama? Run out. Thank you so much for joining us on the Perfectly Blended Podcast. This podcast is for blended families, for couples that want to strengthen their marriage and want a brighter future. Perfectly Blended exists to break the stigma of divorce, drop the shame and guilt holding you back, and equip marriages to thrive instead of just survive. We believe all that is possible in this life is based on the power of Jesus Christ and his ability to restore us fully. Let's dive in. What is up, everybody? Welcome to today's show. Yes, we are live. We are here. We want to talk to you about how to have a better marriage and about the ways that we did it. And it's pretty unorthodox, actually, which is kind of cool. It's something that we feel like hasn't, hasn't really been talked about. We haven't seen anything about any of this stuff. Well, no, but it's not unorthodox. It's just it's different. God gave it to us. Yeah. And now we want to give it away. We want to give it away. We want to be givers of truth. So 12 steps to a better marriage. So just so you know, this is something that we've been working on for a while. This is actually going to be a book that will be, it will be done by the end of this year. And it's based off of the eight Beatitudes or the 12 steps. That's why we say 12 steps to a better marriage. Christy and I, if you don't know, both of us are recovering alcoholics. We have worked a 12-step program. We are leaders and run a Celebrate Recovery, which is a 12-step. Well, he's the leader. Recovery. I'm the She's the co-leader of the of the group. And uh, so we lead it. And so we've been doing that now for six years. We, I am going to be celebrating in February of 23. I'll be celebrating 14 years of sobriety. And the following month, Christy is going to be celebrating 12 years of sobriety. And we've been able to apply so much of what we've learned through this process to our personal growth and the growth of our marriage. People so, are always like, awesome. what's you guys' secret? And I'm like, mm, the 12 steps really is our secret. It is. Like it each is. of us worked our own recovery and worked the program and yep. became better individuals, which made us better for our marriage. And the funny thing is, is people are like, well, we're surprised you don't, you wouldn't say that it's God is, well, if you understand the 12 steps, you understand that God is the foundation of all of that. Yeah. Found, foundation of all of it. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But so this is going to be a four part series, right? So each week we're going to have three of the steps that we're going to talk about during each episode. Because there's 12. So divide, there's 12. divide 12 by four. Took a while. We've been out of school for a minute, but we figured it out. Had to take a shoe off to get it done. But 12 steps to a better marriage. 12 steps to a better marriage. Okay. You want to talk about anything fun before we jump into the day? Um, I mean, yeah, I guess. Like we just celebrated Graydon's birthday this past weekend um, on Saturday. It was his 19th birthday. And 19th then my. 19th on the 19th? Yeah, it was his golden birthday. Golden. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if I even told him that. I'll have to tell him. Uh, and then this Thursday is my birthday. And it's your golden birthday too, 26. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 26. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, so we have a lot going on and that's lots of fun. So there we go. We got birthdays. And we go to the Cheesecake Factory every year for Christy's birthday. If you've ever been to the Cheesecake Factory, you have to pack a lunch to go eat because the wait is like two to four hours long. It's kind of crazy actually. Yeah, so you got to take snacks. You got to take snacks to go eat. All right, so we're going to talk about the three steps today that we're going to talk about. Number one. Step number one is 
admit, admit. Admit that we are powerless to have control over our marriage. And I'm going to read a couple Bible verses. We have Bible verses that, co that, that go along with each step, okay? So the Bible verse that goes along with number one, admit, is uh, from Romans 7, 18. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. And then Matthew 5, 3a is, happy are those who know that they are spiritually poor. Yeah. So the step of like everybody likes to talk about in recovery in general is you have to first admit, admit that there is a problem, admit that you are powerless over it and then and give it over to God, you know? So that's, a, you know, another step giving it over. But the first step is admitting. And that's what you have to do in your relationship is admit that you don't have control over your relationship. You have control over yourself. Your relationship is two people. Amen. So you need to make sure that you're doing what you need to do in the relationship and release the control over to God. Mm. So you have to admit that. You have to know that. And there's so much power in that. And I know it seems simplistic, but it's so much harder than you think that it is. Because what we do naturally is we tie our outcomes to our spouse. Right. So I feel like if I'm having a good day and my wife should have a good day and if my wife's not having a good day or something's going on with her, I then need to make sure that I'm feeling or trying to control the outcome of the way that she's feeling if she's not. And I take that on as myself, which is just a, a, a part of control, honestly. And instead, I need to say, no, I want to encourage my wife, I want to love my wife, but I don't have control over my wife. And that's such an important thing. And when we step into a relationship in a marriage, and for us, we're on our second marriage. This is our, we're a blended family. There is so much less control over some things that happen within our marriage. But to understand and know that God is the one that overarches, has the control of everything that's going on. And the only thing that we can control is ourselves, our actions and our responses you actually gain so much more from that, from your marriage. Yeah. So it's like in recovery, except the things I cannot change and change the things I can. Yep. That's what it is. Like yep. there are some things you do have control over in your relationship, but you, for the most part, you don't, you only have control over yourself. Yeah. So you have to learn how to admit, admit that we are powerless to have control over our marriage, over our marriage. We are going to blaze through this. You think? Yeah. We're already on number two. Number two is believe. Believe and you shall receive. <laughs> <laughs> believe that God can restore or mend your relationship. Yep. And the Bible verse that goes along with that is Philippians 2, 13. It says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. And then Matthew 5, 4 says, happy are those who mourn for they shall be comforted believe. So it's very important. I know like, especially if you haven't been through the 12 steps or you've never been through a recovery program yourself, a lot of these things you're just like, okay, admit that I have a problem and then believe those are two simple things like Josh said it before, but they really aren't because when you are in the thick of it, like a lot of people say, you can't see the forest through the trees, right? Like when you're in the thick of it, you're trying to actually control all of these things without even thinking about it. It's just, that's why you're stressed out. That's why we, you know, say in recovery, if you are upset about something or you find yourself spiraling, you, you halt, are you hungry, angry, lonely, tired? Those four things can help you uh, 
assess of why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. But if you admit like, okay, Lord, I'm praying over this. I'm admitting I don't have control over my relationship. I have to put you in the center of it. And I'm going to believe that you are going to mend it, that you are going to change my heart, change my spouse's heart, all of that. These, these are the first two steps. I mean, if you really want to drill down, it's like goal setting, right? Like if you really want to drill, 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 drill down to find out how you're going to get somewhere, you have to get down to the root of the problem. And the root starts there, starts with you admitting it and then believing that it can be fixed. If you're like, yep, we have a problem, but then you secretly don't believe that it's going to get fixed. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, you have to believe and have faith in it. You do. And believing means that we're trusting in a higher power, right? We're trusting in Jesus Christ that he is the one that's going to come into our marriage and he's going to make things uh, better. He's going to fix what's broken. He's going to mend them. He is going to take care of the things. And if we don't believe in that, if we don't have our trust or put our trust in Christ in the middle of our marriage, then we're then ultimately we're just trusting either on one of two things, either our own abilities, which is always bad, or two which is luck, which is always bad. <laughs> and we have to believe, we have to understand like, look, not every marriage, our marriages are not perfect. And if you've been married for any certain amount of time, you know, that's true, mm-hmm. right? You have seasons of time when things are good. And that's not the time that we just stop believing that God's working in our marriage. You know, I have people that tell us all the time, guys that I coach all the time that tell me like, man, I don't get it. You know, like for two weeks, everything is great. And then all of a sudden everything falls apart. That's because you're you're not you're not actually working at the core of what's going on. You're not allowing God to seep into the things that really need to be worked on. You guys are staying surface level, right? And you're not believing that God is going to get into the areas that you don't think can be fixed and allow him to fix those areas of your marriage. You're staying at the surface until everything rises up and ends up getting old to you. And that's the way that marriage works. You have to be willing to believe. And but how can you start with this, right? So we're going through the 12 steps of a better marriage and we're covering the first 3. How can you do it together as a couple? So you can't you can't control each other. You can only control yourself, but you need to do this together to make sure that you're both on the same page. So if you sit down and you say, "Okay, as simple as this sound, let's write down the 12 steps as so over the four weeks when we go over these, let's admit, let's believe. And then we'll get to the third one, which it's going to be decide. So that's something that you and your spouse can do together. Okay. Where are you guys? And you can't tackle everything at once because if you try to tackle everything that's wrong in the relationship or you feel is wrong in the relationship, you both will go crazy, <laughs> especially in a blended family. So if you both can sit down and both say, okay, we admit that we can't control this, especially when we're two individual people and we need to give this over in God's hands. So let's talk about what we're going to admit is not in our control. Maybe the main thing that you guys have been arguing over, there's usually a main argument that a marriage goes round and round and round about for years, and then it moves on to a different argument, but it's usually the same root thing Mm -hmm. for years at a time. splinters. Yes. Yeah, it'll splinter. So you need to sit down and decide and admit what that is that neither one of you have control over. And then you both need to believe that even if it's been 10 years, you're going to decide then to give it over to God. But you're going to believe that God is going to mend it. He's going to change you guys' heart about it. Read read the Bible verses together about it. Pray about it. And then you're both going to decide to put 
your marriage in God's hands. Don't move on that yet. Don't move Sorry, on that that's just the yet. third one. Sorry. No, I know. We don't want to move on that one you said. Okay, so believing is also this. And I think it's something that's very easy for us to do. When we believe, we put God in a box of what is possible. We mm. really do. We that's put him point. in a box and we make ourselves think, I do believe. I just don't think this is going to be the outcome. I've already predetermined That's what good. the outcome is going to be with all of this. That's true. My wife is never going to change her mind. She's never going to change her heart. She's always going to be upset. There's no out possible. And that, my friends, is not truly believing. We're not really working the second step if that's the case, which means you can't move on to decide. You can't move on to any of the rest of the steps. We have to stay there and say, okay, wait a minute. What's going on with me? Why am I putting God in the box right now? Why am I not? And it's most likely going to be because you need to work on your faith. Right, you need to work on your belief in God alone, mm -hmm. not just necessarily in your marriage. And so that's why working these steps are so, so, so important. It's not a matter of you know twelve steps in twelve days, or we're going to do these twelve steps in thirty days, and then everything is good. This is just a, it's a, it's a, it's an outline of what you need to work on, and then that process could take years. So I was going to say that next, like yeah. you got to work on what your belief is. You really do. Like, are you actually believing that God's going to fix it? Yeah. And then if it's not fixed in one year. You're not going to believe anymore. And that's hard. You know, and that's really, where really the belief comes in. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have to ask yourself, am I truly believing that God wants this marriage to work? And the answer to that always is yes. Right. A marriage under God is, yeah. is, is supported and encouraged by God's power. But if we don't believe in him and allow him, right, to take over the control in these things, then, then ultimately we don't get his will in that. And so it's really, really hard. It's a simple thing, but it's super hard to do. And right? you need to do it together. And you have to do it and together. And it's okay to ask each other, like, are you going to believe this? Or am I going to believe this? Are we going to believe that whether it takes five years, yep. seven years, that this is going to get fixed in our relationship? It's a common thing we ask at the beginning of all of our coaching, right? Do you guys really believe this is going to work? Do you believe it? Are you bought in on this? Do you do you think that the outcome is going to be favorable? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying you're going to understand how you're going to get there or you know all the facts the way that's going to happen because you don't and you won't. But believing that God can mend your relationship, there's so much power in that. Because we're not counselors, okay? We're coaches. And if a couple comes to us and they're like, no, we actually don't believe that this is going to work. You don't need a coach, okay? You don't need a coach. Coaches work with and elevate with people that truly want to be together. Yeah. They just don't know maybe the next steps to take. Get them unstuck. Yeah. That's that's what mm -hmm. coaches do. Coaches help you understand where you're at and not, help you get to the next level. Yeah. We're not counselors. We're not psychiatrists. Not we're therapists. not that. Yep. We're not that. So it's exactly right. So as a way of review, we have admit, we have believe. And for the third thing, we have, Christy already told everybody, <laughs> it's decide. Go ahead. You can talk all about it. All. Sorry. Decide to put your marriage in God's hands and his will for your relationship. And that is also hard <laughs> because you need to look up what the Bible has laid out. Like if you're a Christian, this is how you should live your life. It's in Ephesians. Hey, if you are married, this is how, you know, the family should be designed. And you just start trying to align your marriage along with what God's biblical principles are. 
And yeah, that's... Say, let me read these. Oh yeah, go ahead. Let me read these real quick. So Romans 12, 1 says this, and this is super important. You need to remember, like, if we're Christ followers and we're Bible believers, we need to listen to what God's word is and we're tells Bible. us that's what this is. Bible bumpers. Therefore, <laughs> Bible answers. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And then Matthew 5, 5, a says, happy are the meek. Christy is talking all about that. Yeah. Listen to what God's word says. Yeah. And how, I mean, what is happy are the meek? Okay. Not happy are the stronghold and the powerful, you know, it's happy are the meek. So come to your spouse humbly, you know, and say, Hey, let's sit down. I want this to work. We're on the same team. I I know that God, I believe that God can, I, uh, restore our marriage or restore a answer to this problem mm-hmm. that we just keep going around and round and round about. I know that he can. I believe that he can because God supersedes anything above and beyond of what we could fathom. So he will bring a solution up to you guys' hearts that you've never even thought about and it'll blow your mind. I'm sure that you've experienced it in your life. If you've been a Christ follower for a long time, you'll have a problem in your life come up and you won't think there's any way out of it. And then something happens and you're like, there was like, I can, that was only God. There's no way that that could have happened. So that's why it's so important to keep God in the center of your marriage. And both of you need to decide that that's what's going to happen. And to have, this correlates a lot with what Josh, Josh and I talk about is having a weekly sit down to go over your schedules and go over your finances and to sit down and you can touch base, touch back in with all of these things. Like, Hey, how are we? Are we still believing? You know, we, do we get off track this week? Did we try to take control back in our own hands or have we kept it over and decided to give it over to God? Mm -hmm. It's good to keep each other accountable to that too. I mean, ultimately it says in the second half of this, his will for your relationship. Do you know what God's will is for a marriage? Right. Do you know what the hierarchy is? that God expects inside your household? Do you understand what submission means as a wife? Do you understand what that means? Most women are very uncomfortable with that word. Christy was very uncomfortable with that word. And it's like, let's talk about that then. Let's not just dismiss because we're uncomfortable with what the word says. Let's discuss, let's talk on a deeper level in a humbling way of finding out what does God really mean by all this? What does God truly want for our marriage? And if he created us, he ultimately knows knows exactly what's best for our marriage and let's trust in his will in that and the only way we can do that is by going together diving into god's word and if we don't understand it going to a trusted person of of your faith of whoever belongs in your church and and sitting down with them and talking with them about it like this is important to understand that god's will in your relationship is way more important than your will in your relationship our will gets us in trouble all the time Mm-hmm. I know the way that I sometimes would prefer Christy to act, right? I would prefer that. But I know the way that I most enjoy her is in the ways that she thinks is funny, right? I'm like, she gives me a dirty look. I'm like, I like that look, right? And that's because she's upset at me. Like, that is, none of that really makes sense, but it's God's will in our marriage. I've just learned to accept, like, I love Christy the way that Christy is, and I don't want her to be any different. I want God's will in our marriage to be the way that it is, and I honor her because of that. I just gave him a dirty look the other day. I mean, I was mad about him for something, and I looked at him, and he was just like, I like it. I'm like, <laughs> don't look at me like that. Right. I like that. But it's God's will, right? We have to understand that the only way we're going to know God's will for our, our relationship is to be in God's word and understand what a true biblical marriage looks like. Right? Don't think it's possible because it's God and it is possible. But you have to decide to do that. 
Well, and a lot of, let's just be honest. I mean, I don't want to speak for all women, but I know I can speak for myself. That verse in the Bible um, that talks about wives submit to your husbands, for some reason it had gotten an overarching bad name about it because it was taken or viewed by some that women are to be submissive to men. And that's not what it's saying. Wives, if you're married, you're supposed to be submissive to your husband because your husband has been ordained to lead the family and he's going to have to answer the, to the family when he gets to heaven. To the father, yeah. And he's going to be judged for how the family overall did. You aren't. So don't be a roadblock to your husband to what he's going to be held accountable for for when he gets to heaven and what he's going to be judged for. He's going to be held accountable for different things at a higher level than you. Nope. But that doesn't mean that you have to be submissive to all men. It doesn't say that. It means to your husband. And a lot of women take that out of context or a lot of churches, a lot of people, a lot of men, not just women. And they take out of context what submission really truly means. Correct. That's ultimately we think submission means on bow your, down. Yeah, on your hands and your knees, bowing with shackles. And that's just not the way that it is. It's just no. not the truth. Submission means that, you know, I'm going to allow my husband to lead the household. Maybe your husband isn't leading the household, but it doesn't mean that you're not supposed to trust in God by praying for him and still doing the right things that you're supposed to do by God because ultimately your level of submission is not to your husband. Ultimately, it is to Jesus Christ. Mm. It's to the Lord, right? And if you you submit yourself fully to the Lord, God's will will be done within your marriage. You just have to trust in that. And we understand how hard it is, especially if there's a lot of water under the bridge already in your marriage. But getting on page with this stuff is what's going to help correct your marriage faster than anything else. Well, in the Bible actually talks about that too. That's why we keep saying you need to go and read what the Bible says. The Bible actually actually talks about two wives that if men aren't leading the home the way it's to be done, allow your husband to be led by your quiet works and your actions by submitting your life over to God. It mm. actually talks about all of that. Yeah. And it tells women how to lead their families uh, through their husbands, through their works, you know, through their actions and how they're submitting their life to God and all of those things. Yeah. And so when we're allowed Aligning ourselves up with what the Bible says, then you will see things fall into place in your relationship. And it's not out of luck. It's not out of any of the things that you think. It's purely because God has ordained it to be that way. Mm -hmm. So the more that you can align it, the more you're going to be like, oh my gosh, we're so blessed. You're not, you are blessed, but you're actually just falling into alignment with how God has designed everything to work. Yeah. He already knows how the world should work. He already has laid it all out for us. We're the ones that just don't follow it because we don't want to be told what to do. So, and, it, and we're getting off track a little bit. Well, we are so. a little bit, but we have to decide, right, to his will. And I think his will is something that's super important we need to talk about. Like, mm -hmm. it really honestly is, especially in marriage. And if your marriage is way off track right now, this is really hard to bring it back on. That's why the 12 steps of a better marriage is a process. Yeah. Right. And if you can't get your, your spouse to work on it with you, you work on it yourself. That's the beautiful thing about the 12 steps is you can sell, you can self heal. You can get yourself aligned. You can get yourself really acclimated with, uh, with the Bible. In the beginning of our relationship, I was not the, the, the spiritual leader of my home. I absolutely was not. Christy was. And she learned through her own spiritual growth how to lead me from the back until I eventually understood and God took my heart over and my mind over and allowed me to take that position over. So you have to decide, though, are you really willing to put all this work in and follow God's will for your marriage and put the, put the hard work in? It's hard. 
I just find it interesting that when we get married, we think it's okay to stand in front of, you know, hundreds of people in some cases with a priest or a pastor or whoever it was that married you, a clergy, and you hold hands, you look at each other in the eyes and you say things like, I promise to be with you through thick and thin. I promise this. I promise this. I promise this. And then that's it. You're like you could be married for 50 years and you guys really never look at each other again, hold mm. hands and commit to each other what you've signed up for and what you're going to be doing. And this is essentially what you should be doing right here. Like you should be sitting down. You should be looking at each other in the eyes. You should be talking about through thick and thin. For better, for worse. Let's admit what's the worst right now. Yep. Let's believe that God's going to take care of it because we we did this. We committed to this in front of God, in front of God and all the witnesses, as they say. And then we're going to decide that we are going to give this over to God because we believe it's going to work and we've admitted that we've had a problem. Hmm. Once we give it over to God, it's all in his hands. And then you can be like, okay, God, we're giving it to you. Fix it. Yep. Because he will, like he's given us that to be able to do it. So we have to go back and remember the things that we were willing to do in the beginning. We were willing to hold hands and stare each other down and say these beautiful vows. It isn't like you have to go back and reread the words. It's not just an act or something that you said. It's it's actual vows that you said, a covenant that you've made with one another. You need to go back. This is just helping revisit that covenant. Yeah, and we got to understand, like, there is steps that we all need, right? We know, understand recovery. We understand recovery. And it's not as simple as, like, you need to get in a better habit of just not drinking alcohol, and eventually <laughs> you'll stop drinking it. And that it's is wonderful, right? That's just wonderful, right? There is great habits you could get in your marriage. Date night, right? Holding hands, spending time, putting your phone down. Touching. Touching. There's all these habits we can get into, but I can tell you that is a fraction piece of what really makes a marriage work. It honestly is. These types of steps are really getting you in line with the core of who you are and how you've been designed and for your marriage to follow a path that actually is teaching you from the inside out how to make your marriage work. And that's the goal. We talk about decide, decide for his will. What's his will? You have to get into the word of God to understand that. God wants his way of marriage in your life. And if you do that, it will be successful. And so we have to admit that we don't have the power of our relationship or our spouse. God does. We have to believe, believe that God can restore this, right? No, Nothing is too lost. God is capable of all things. And then decide, decide to put his will in it. And that means not do things our way, but to do things his way. And those three things are just the first three steps. Yeah. Make a covenant. Make a, Make a new covenant together. I love how she broke down, though, when you first get married. You know, we've never actually talked about that before. She's not, She and I have never even talked about it. She just said that. And I think it's so powerful because we do. We spend all this time and energy in the beginning of our relationships really telling each other, deadlock eye, hands holding, like, I am here no matter what. And then all of a sudden, all we are are physical beings passing each other in the hallway at night. We're not actually there. We're just like, I haven't d- divorced you or moved out. What is that? Like, you're not telling your spouse you care about them or that you want to work or make your marriage better. And so you have to follow a plan. And these 12 steps are a plan. They're a plan that literally are built off of Beatitudes, which is designed to help you bring your marriage closer and recover it and make it thrive. And I love it. 
Amen. I love it. You got anything else before we shut it down? Mm -mm. All right. So today's part one, right? Part one of 12 Steps to a Better Marriage. If you want to hear the next nine. Don't look them up. Don't look them up. Don't look, I don't think they can look them up. People can look up the 12 steps. Well, they can, but they're not they these 12 steps. You can't look up what we've made. We can't look up these. These aren't copy and pasted, okay? <laughs> these are created. Okay, so if you want to listen to the other nine following now, every Tuesday from here on out for the next three weeks at 7 p.m. live, we'll have those. If you can't make it live, just check the uh, the replay. And let us know. Let us know what's going on with you. Let us know if this any of this stuff is resonating with you. Let us know in the comments. This is important because... People can go back later and read these and engage with whatever your comments are. So we want to thank you so much for being here. So much, so much, so much for being here. And we'll see you next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Bye.